Hey everyone, welcome to the Product Startup Podcast, a podcast that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product designers, and other industry professionals. This podcast is run by Macro Design and Invent and hosted by Philip Belecha. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to putting your product on the shelf. We're taking you step-by-step step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Now onto the show. The Product Startup Podcast, Episode 11. Welcome to the Product Startup Podcast, helping you turn ideas into successful products step-by-step with your host, Philip Valitza. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Product Startup Podcast. In the last episode, I talked about the most frequently asked question I get, and that's, I have a great idea, what do I do next? So I covered validating product ideas, the value of an idea, and how I think anyone can create a prototype on almost any budget. So if you haven't checked that out, I recommend you going back to episode 10. And now on to the show. In today's episode, I'm joined by Tony Devine. He's a teacher who developed the original ProFender basketball training aid for his son back in 2010. The device enables a coach or trainer to simulate a professional defender closing in on his opponent, and it also helps with offensive drills. He sold his product to many university, college, and NBA teams, and he's even appeared on Shark Tank. Tony does everything in his business himself, and he's super passionate about sharing his knowledge, as you'll see from the interview. So, let's get started. Hi, Tony. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Phil. No problem. Looking forward to it. Uh, Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your product? Well, um, right now, I'm a a full-time teacher, learning support teacher in Pennsylvania. Uh, my product is the original ProFender, which is it's a mobile basketball training device that simulates a closeout defender. So, for instance, this is, I mean, the, the, the spiel that I give part of my elevator pitch is that, you know, picture if you have a regular shooting drill, any type of drill that you do in practice. My goal is to make sure that the players become less robotic and more just become natural game players. So any drill that you do, I'm going to give you three reads with the Profender. And, and my product is the only thing out there, and it's a, it's a utility patent, patented product that is able to kind of simulate the motion of a closeout defender and have the ability to raise up and down to simulate a, a player that's reaching or jumping to block a shot. So basically that's what we do. We give them three different reads. So that way they're able to see if it's a closeout that they could shoot over, something that they want to use a dribble to get by, or we also have the ability not to close out at all to give them those three reads. So basically that's it. That's what we do. That's really interesting. How did you stumble on that idea? Uh, I think it's just like most things. You know, you're out there. What started, my son in high school was a good shooter, right? Just like a typical you know, what you pictured, you know, the, 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 just a uh, spot-up shooter, kick and shoot the lights out. Very good shooter. But the problem with in a game is when he played against more athletic, quicker players, he, he began to struggle. He didn't have any confidence to shoot that jump shot because he was going to get a shot blocked or, you know, he, or he had to shoot off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted, as a dad, I just wanted something as I'm working out with him. I just wanted something you know, that that I could do without having to run back and forth and, you know, be able to do those things and, you know, give them a realistic look with me, you know, kind of uh, not losing my win. So I just looked on the Internet, just 
I mean, hours just looking for different stuff. And I kept coming up with the same types of things. There were some things out there that were good ideas, but the problem was they were all stationary. So I also coach. So to me, as a coach, I never told a player, you know, I want you to find the tallest guy, dribble up to him and shoot it. So the game is so, you know, the the, the game is all about reads and, you know, and, and different speeds and different directions. It's not something that you could just point. And I, and I think, you know, the the way it came about is I was just looking for something that, that would make my son a better game shooter, not just a practice shooter. And that was it. And nothing else was out there. And just continued, you know, I started with some crazy stuff. Today. And what's funny is I got pictures of all the stuff. You know what I mean? Like the first, my first Profender was actually, it was a, uh, it was a five gallon spackle bucket. And I had some wheels just in my backyard on, on for a chair. I knocked the thing off the chair, mm-hmm. put this, cut a hole in the spackle bucket, stuck that on there, I put like 80 pounds of concrete into this, you know, and then a wooden, uh, you know, those toys, them lawn ornaments, like a toy soldier. Yep. And I stuck that in there and that was the, the first one and it was terrible, but it just kept going. And, you know, most entrepreneurs or some that you, you know, uh, creators have sick minds that don't stop. So that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, it was day in, day out. How can I make this better? What can I do? This is, and then you get ideas, feedback. Like my brother is also a coach. And he's like, Tony, that's a good idea. But, dude, how are you going to be able to – you're just going to roll this at somebody, and then what? You got to go get it? And he's like, dude, you got to put, like, a uh, some type of pole on it, but you can, you know, retract it back. I was like, damn, that's a good actually can do. Right. So I guess it was an iterative process where you, you've been constantly guessing and checking to make sure you're on the right path and then kind of modifying the prototype a bit. And were, were you making all these prototypes yourself at this point? Yeah, everything. I still do everything. I mean, uh, from the prototype to the phase that I'm doing now, I'm doing everything except for right now. We have a we have bases like molds that were made. Mm-hmm. So, just the base itself is the only thing that we get. You know, we get brought in, and then everything else. You know, I'm doing on my own, one man band. No, you know, I'm a huge fan of that because it gives you that information that you wouldn't get otherwise if you hired somebody to do it you wouldn't learn from some of the mistakes that you make and i think some people spend a lot of money paying other people to do the early on prototyping when they're i think they're missing out on a valuable education and i'm gonna say dude you're absolutely right but it's not something the funny thing that you say that is that to me you don't realize it except when you're broke right when you're doing all these things from scratch mm-hmm. and you don't have the, the capital, you don't have the money to pay, you know, designers and, and, and different people. You're doing everything on your own and you find the cheapest way to do it and still get, you know, and, and still be able to uh, create the, the prototype or create what you need to create. And I've saved thousands of thousands of dollars just to be able to get it to that state. So if that's something like, like if you have somebody who, you know, is listening to this, that is creating something, do everything on your own until you know, and, until it gets to the point that you that you need to get a professional. Otherwise, and, and the other thing I would tell people too is make sure you have some before you spend a lot of time and energy uh, and money. Make sure you have something that can sell. You know what I mean. Make sure you have something that you you know that you validate it with the the, the community or 
you know, the, the, the population that you think can use your, your stuff. So no, absolutely. But, and I guess you did that because you also had a brother that was a coach. Um, what other things did you do to make sure that there was a, a market for this? Well, the, the, the funny thing about it, I, it wasn't even, I wasn't even planning on doing it in, in the sense of selling it. And then, you know, just being around a lot of basketball players, like the one, one of the uh, one of the kids that my brother coached was actually the point guard now at Villanova who just won the national title kid, Ryan Archie Diacono. So he he had a bunch of, you know, he had some a lot of D1 attention coming in. So there was colleges all the time talking, you know, that, that were in, you know, at my brother's gym and, and, and seeing Ryan and seeing him work out. So, you know, it was just a, it was just an easy thing. I mean, it, my brother was using it, and now you have these coaches that are there that are interested. What the heck is that? What, what is that thing? You know, what I mean, they've never seen it before. Like, we had Tony Bennett from Virginia, another great dude. I mean, super, super great guy. And he and he saw it, you know, just when they were doing a workout for Ryan. And one thing led to another. Exchanged phone numbers, went down to Virginia. And and they use it. I mean, they use it a ton in their shooting. You know, with their their in their shooting drills and kind of their all season training. So basically, what I did is I just went to different, you know, I just went to different universities, different people that were basketball people in my area that I could drive to. And I'm like 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia, so we have the Big Five schools. And in Philadelphia, for people who don't know, is I mean, it's it's huge for basketball. I mean, it, I mean, there's some great great people associated with basketball in, in Philadelphia. So, I mean, I just connected with all these guys, you know what I mean? Like former NBA players that would have Doug Overton, who, who was a great, uh, a big five all of fame with LaSalle, played in the mm-hmm. NBA for 13 years, was coaching. That's how I, I connected with him. And then he was with the Brooklyn Nets. So the connection I had with him, he brought me up to the Nets, you know, worked out some of those guys. They loved it. They bought, you know, they bought like six of them. So, all these things happening, you know, I knew I had something that was valuable, especially for the upper echelon players and, and programs that are looking for just that edge, you know, any type of edge, you know, just to be better. And, you know, at that level, just that small, just that small difference of, of uh, you know, training and, and being able to, uh, you know, a 3% increase in shooting is huge, you know, over right. the course of a season. So. So you've just given out a ton of information and I want to kind of recap a little bit uh-huh. uh, when you've went out to pre-sell this thing, did you already have a prototype and was it already in production or were you basically taking pre-orders at this point? No, it, it was just me. Actually, the first couple that were sold were actually prototypes. They were, I mean, they were literally things that I took off the shelf, form fitted, retrofitted. You know, and they worked beautifully. They didn't look as nice, you know, but it, it, I mean, the design and everything, it worked beautifully. And then, you know, just uh, just different combinations of things. Like I had a, 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 a guy who is a friend of mine that has a shop with the uh, those graphic design. So we were able to customize jerseys on them that make it, you know, nice. just every little thing was, you know, just you kept adding on and adding on. And we were basically just selling what we had, you know, and, and then to this day, I mean, it's basically kind of this, the same operation, you know what I mean? It's basically the same operation, except now the the molds that I get are for the base. I mean, that was the one thing that I needed to, 
you know, I knew from the beginning was something that I needed to uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say fix, but enhance. Right, refine it. Yeah. That sounds like a really great journey. I think people get hung up on going straight to production as fast as they can, but this way you were basically able to test the market. Were you worried at all about people stealing your idea? You know, that's the second question I get is, well, I don't want to really tell anybody about it because they're going to take my idea and they're going to run with it. Or I don't want to show anybody this because I might want to patent it. Yeah, well, that's funny. I mean, the thing about that is it's grown. Like when you first had the idea, now I've had other ideas, right? I came up with a board game. I came up with uh, another, like a, a little tool. Uh, you know, and those things, and you test them out and you play with them, and they're great. And you get, you know, like I said before, you have to, you have, to have this sick mind that you get in, like, so engrossed in something, you know, where it's every day you're thinking. But I also know that I needed to to show these to people because I, I don't want to waste my time if it's something that, you know, people don't like as much as I do or they don't see the benefit of it. So, I mean, when you come up with an idea, you feel like a Georgian you know, only want to steal it. But the reality is, is and, and I know people, uh, you know, they, they, they get all hung up on on patents. Now, I have a patent for the utility patent for my product. So, but it was a process. And, and what I would tell entrepreneurs, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, know us on the Shark Tank and ask questions is, you get, you know, you get something patent pending. Once you get something patent pending, then you can feel comfortable going out there and doing it. You know what I mean? But. The reality is this: Is somebody really going? You know, is somebody going to steal it? They're going to steal it anyway. I mean, just because you have a patent doesn't mean they're they're not going to steal it. Like you know what I mean? Like right. you get a lot of people that talk about, well, they get they see it here, they send it to China. They go, There's nothing I can do about it. If China starts making this, what's all? What am I going to do? It's a, you know, it's a, it's a uh, a communist country that right. they, they they don't have patents anyway, so. There's really nothing you could do. And then the other thing, too, is I don't think that people are seeing it. Even a patent, when they talk about international patents, like to me, I thought there was this place where you can go to and get an international patent. But you really literally have to go to each country to 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 get the patent from that particular country. Right. So, it's, you know what I mean? So it's just like it's just more money and more money. It's just crazy. So it's like this. Like I, I, I have to have the feeling that, I'm protected, right? You want to feel protected, but you also got to be, you know, you got to be realistic and say, listen, if I got to worry about them stealing it, you know what I mean? I'm never going to get off the ground. I'm never going to do anything. Just, you know, and then it just, to me, it's the idea. You want your idea out there. You want to be able to move on. You want to, it, it, it's like you're, you know, it's like your baby. You want, you want people to see it. You know, you're proud of it. You know what I mean? You want people right. to, to use it. So, I mean, it, that's the delicate balance. You know, there's a lot of people. I lay it too because I got friends, you know, and they talk to me. Oh, I got a great idea, dude. I got a great idea. I said, Let me see. Well, I can't. I go, dude, listen. Do you know how much time and energy and money I spent doing this? Do you think I have any kind to go freaking steal your idea? Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not enough time in a day to steal your idea, dude. No, and honestly, I think the value in your idea is not just your idea, but it's that you went and spoke to all those people that said that, yes, there is a need. And so slowly that idea had more value because now it's not just an idea, but it's an idea that people want. And pay for it. Exactly. Not just they want, they, they pay for it. 
congrats on getting all that stuff done. So at what point did you reach out to Shark Tank? The Shark Tank was, I guess it was like the, after the second season, I saw it come on and I was just like obsessed with it. I was like, man, this is freaking great. I didn't even think about sending it myself until I watched it. I, I didn't know it was going to be a one year and done. Sure. And then I, I just saw how, you know, the, the, the excitement that I got myself just watching it, you know, and watching this thing happen, you know, you, you know, you, you, you kind of get ready for those Friday nights when they're on. And, and I said, ah, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to start sending some stuff. And what I did was, it's just, uh, it's basically harassment. And yeah. I would, I would send like blocks of like 50 emails to whatever that address is. And I would do it <laughs> and I would do it weekly. Right, so I would send a block of fifty, and if I didn't hear anything back, then I would get more like uh, kind of obnoxious in, in my next block that I would send. So I would send like you know hundreds <laughs> of emails to different places. And then the funny thing about it is, when I got the phone call back, I thought it was a, I thought it was one of my friends pranking me because I was telling him, I said, "Dude, I'm harassed. I'm putting these in all the time." To, and I thought it was them, you know, pranking me. So I'm talking and talking and just kind of acting like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." acting nonchalant because I thought it was somebody and I I know I thought it was somebody, you know, just pulling your chain. My, you know, exactly, exactly, pulling my chain. So and then it wound up being that I answered I said I said did is, did you call me because I was sending and they only saw one of them. They only saw <laughs> one of the emails. The one that got through like, the spam filter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, right? And and then it just started from there, man. And then it was just like freaking excitement, dude. And here's the crazy part. This is crazy about the whole process, and I don't know if anybody else went through this, because I was running for a local office in politics. It's just a local town council. And one of the things that are on there is you couldn't be running for any type of office. And I was like, what's that got to do with anything? Running for any type, I could see like president or anything, but there are rules that whoever you're running against is you're you know you have to have equal airtime. Mm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So if you're even though it's a local you know it, it, it's a local race, you know whoever your competitor is has to have equal airtime. And I told him, I said, listen, I said I want to you know I want to run for council, but this right here, this is what I'm about. I'm about you know getting my product out there, and I have and I if I have to push you know my council run or my council position back a year or two, I'm willing to do that. And they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want the shark tank to be the reason that somebody didn't run for office. So we had, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, how much time I, I, I was, I was just sitting there waiting to get their decision because they have all kind of attorneys and, right. you know, lawyers and, you know, they're going through and I'm just dying. Dude. I'm dying. <laughs> just waiting to get the, the, the nod that it's okay that I can do it. And, you know, just the frustration of thinking, Oh my God, all this. And I'm not going to be able to even get on the show because of this. You know what I mean? And then they weren't even letting me off the hook. They're basically telling me like, you know, we wouldn't do that because, you know, it wouldn't be fair to, you know, the constituents of your town. I was just like, oh, I understand that. I get it. But dude, I got to get on that show. So, you know, everything worked out. And, you know, it it, it, it was uh, it was something that we were able to work through. So, Well, and so but, tell, tell everybody a, a quick summary. So you went on to the show and... 
I was not able to strike a deal. Okay. I went on to the show, and this is the other thing too. I, I, I tell, I tell a lot of people that ask is that I was naive into thinking that just being on the show was going to be enough to kind of catapult me into the next level of your business. You know what I mean? To go from, you know, working in your garage and doing all these things to being able to, you know, become a real business where you can start hiring people to do the production and, you know, doing all those types of things. Well, a lot of people just get on Shark Tank just for the publicity because after that, they feel like they're just going to get enough orders that they don't really need a deal. Well, the thing about that is that may be true for some, Mm -hmm. but the reality, it's all about how, it's all about the way that they're perceived. You know what I mean? Like, there's some great ideas that you might think were great ideas until the sharks eat them up. You know? And then... Yeah, and they do it publicly. And after that, nobody yeah, wants exactly. to do, do anything with it, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the thing about it is, I was naive to think that it was going to happen that way. But the the reality is, if I could go back hindsight... Now, you're also giving up a percentage of... You know, if you make a deal, number one, if you make a deal, you're giving up, I think it was, I don't know if it was 4% or 5% just to the to the show. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I've seen that, 5% to the network. Yeah, so you, you, you're doing that. Then on top of it, you're giving up. And I had no problem sharing. I just thought, I just thought that there would be enough publicity to turn it, you know, to, to turn it into its own business. Now, if I could go back... I wouldn't have left there without a deal from Mark Cuban. I know I would. I know I would have been able to have a deal with Mark Cuban if I would have been willing to negotiate and, and play around. I just, you know, I just thought enough was, you know, just being on the show was going to be uh, mm-hmm. make me, you know, be able to go to that next level. So for any of you people out there that uh, get onto the Shark Tank and think that just being on there. It's not always the case, not even uh, not even a little bit at a time. So make sure you're in there and you make the right decision for yourself. To be fair to yourself, you've mm-hmm. continued to grow and you've got sales. And I know you've sold to a bunch of teams. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. The Shark Tank was, without a doubt, a great experience for me, for my company. It gave me instant credibility. When I'm going and I'm talking to people. You know, what I mean that, that watch it on the show. It's it's open doors for me. But the thing about it, what I'm talking about, is making it to the next level. See, is like I'm still basically in the same boat that I've been in since the show. I mean, I've been able to sell to some higher end clientele, but again, it's still me doing everything. Right. Right. It's still me doing. So I'm still growing at the same pace. I had a, a spike when I was on the show initially, but, you know, once that spike hit, you know, then you're back to, you know, you're, you're back to doing what you do unless you have, unless you have a product that is a uh, simple, just go get it product like the scrub daddy, which that guy did a great job presenting. And it's one of those things where it's, that's a quick hitter and, you know, everybody can buy it. It's for the mass retail where, Mine is, uh, you know, my product is more designed for, you know, for sports and, 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 and training. And, you know, it's not going to have that mass appeal that, you know, a, right. a scrub daddy would have. 
or any, you know, or any product like that that you could sell. No, that's interesting. I'm looking through your page now and I see that you've got some, you're able to sell products to a lot of major teams. I mean, I see a lot of university teams called out and Miami Heat and uh, some other NBA teams too. So you'd think that you'd pick up some traffic from that. Oh, uh, it, 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 that's the thing about it too, because in your head, all these things like you're saying is exactly how I felt. You know, if you go to the best, and at that time, when we sold to the Heat, they were, you know, they were they were crushing, and they use it all. I mean, they use it all the time. They use it all the time. And the crazy part about it is, they don't even use it the correct way. They use it more as a stationary mm-hmm. type product. You know what I mean? Yeah, they but just set up drills with it. Exactly. So, and the thing about it is, and like anything else, your 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 business changes. You know what I mean? It changes and it, it you know it, it morphs into something else. So, so like right now, I'm at the point now is that I have to understand that what I have needs to be understood. Not only needs to you know see it, you need to know how to use it. You know you gotta you gotta see it being used. So it's more of a, it's an educational process. You know what I mean? It's not just a sale. Right. It's like you gotta have people that understand how to use it. Otherwise, it, you know they're not. It, as simple as it may look, or as simple as you may think it is, you know, people don't do it. You send them a, a base with, with a hole in it. That, you know, you would think that you know that you got to put some <laughs> sand in it or, right. or water, and they weren't even putting in. They, I would get phone calls like, "Oh, this thing's tipping over." I go, "Tipping over? Why are you, what do you mean tipping over?" Well, they they put the the base, the sand base on, but they ain't put no no sand or water in it. And I'm just like, they, so they're not reading the directions, and they're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many different things that people don't even think of. You know, you think is is like common sense, but it you know it really isn't. And you gotta everything got to be answered. You know, it's it's a package. It's an ongoing process. A lot of the companies that I worked for, even this small mom and pop entrepreneur, where we design products for a niche industry. Customer education was probably half our job because sales guys were out there constantly selling and educating and not just this is what the product is about, but this is why you need it. And this is why there might be a need that you don't even know about uh, that we can help you with. And it's just constant work. Uh, And with one person, I could totally see how it just saps all your time. Maybe we can get into that a little bit is how you how you're able to focus and divide up your time, because that would seem challenging for a one person operation. No, it, it definitely is very challenging. I mean, there are some people that help me, without a doubt. But the problem is, is people are helping you because they love you, they care about you, they want to see you succeed. But they also know that you know they're not getting any monetary, significant monetary reward immediately. So those types of things wear, and I understand that. You know, sure, I understand that point. And I, you know, I don't begrudge anybody the help that I've gotten you know, was tremendous from friends and family, just, you know, donating time. And, and, uh, it, the weirdest part of that is this, this was, here's the weird part is that there are two of my friends that I had a fire from volunteer jobs. You know, how hard that was. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it, typically it ends up, I've heard that more often than not, just because, oh, uh, you know, people are, well, people feel like they're giving their time 
for free so that you should then you should be grateful for whatever you get you know if it's greater than zero then you should be happy with it and it's and it's hard and especially with friends because it's a awkward conversation but um (laughs) especially since they're the ones that are readily available to help you like you said no yeah and great i mean we're still i mean great friends it's just that's the idea exactly what you said i mean you're not getting paid, so whatever you're doing is benefiting. But they don't realize, like, you know, it, even though it's a volunteer position, it still needs to be done a certain way because that, it, it, like, I look at it, everything that goes out that door has my name on it. Everything that goes out needs to be, you know, it it, it needs to be prepared and everything got to be ready to go the, the, the way I need it to be. Otherwise, it's not helpful to me. You're not helping me anyway because now yeah, you're fighting you, I got to go back. Yeah, now I got to go backwards. So, well, so how many years have you been basically working on this from when you started to today? I would say 2010 is when we first. I think that was the first year where we actually had a you know were able to get out and and demonstrate it to people. So 2010, then really started selling in probably 2000 and the 10. 2010, 2011. So I would say a good six years. Wow. Yeah, I would say a good six years. So to anybody else that's listening that's still working on their product, you know, it, it could take you six years to continue, you know, selling and still not perhaps make it big or whatever your definition of that is, hiring employees right. and things like that. Right. And the, the thing about it too is me. I like I I. I love quotes, right? So I look at different people's quotes and what they say. And the one quote that you'll never fail if you never quit. Like to me, that's the way I look at it. I look at it. See, I, to me, it's a catch 22, right? When you have a, when you have a family, you, you know, I need to make sure my kids, my biggest thing is make sure my kids have insurance, right? So if, if I didn't have my family, if I didn't have kids, I would be done teaching. I would be, you know, balls to the wall and, you know, but I'm not willing to, you know, I'm not willing to sacrifice that. And that that's the problem. The problem is, you know, in, until you're to that point. So with the utility patent that I have and, you know, and I'm still able to, to pay my bills that don't cost me any money, you know, I'm still able to make that, you know, it's a, it's a measly, you know, profit at the end. But it don't cost me any money, mm-hmm. and eventually, at some point, when it does turn into a full time business, for me, I, I I already know the ups and downs, and it will be easier for me to grow organically once I'm in that position. So my goal is like I have, you know, I've been teaching now twenty twenty two years, so I'll be able to, you know, my summers are off. I'll be able to take, you know, a sabbatical where you got to take some, you know, some education classes and some different things that will free up time in the basketball area. So I, I'll have a, a couple more opportunities to start building before, you know, I'm ready to retire. So, and, and that's kind of the catch-22 is that I, like, I don't feel like I have to give in to people. Like, I've had people who have offered me from watching the show, mm-hmm. the other investors outside of the short tank that call and, 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 and they want to evaluate the company 
you know, for, for what it is, and they're looking at it just on based on what money is it making right now. Yeah, some revenue right? multiple. Exactly, exactly. So, and like to me, I understand if I was an investor, I would feel the same way and I would want to do it. But to me, it, it, I, I know what it's going to be worth, right? Once the time is put into it, once the time gets put into it, I know what I'll be able to do. And it's again, it's not about making billions of dollars to make. It really isn't. It's to be able to be around basketball. You know, I'll be able to bring things to make the game of basketball just that little bit better, make it a little bit, you know, add something to it. Yep. You know, with the training. And, and, and if I can make that my business, that I get to go to these games, to these conventions, be around basketball, see, you know, these top high school players when they're playing in high school and, 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 and go to these, you know, these, these, these AAU events where you're having, like, to me, that's, that, to me, that's not working. That's fun. Yeah. You... So if I could get, you know, if I can get to the point where I'm making, you know, if I'm able to make, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars selling these things, which, you know, which I know that it will be there, you know, it will be there at, at some point. Hopefully, in in the short term, than the long term, but it, it'll be there. And once it's there, I'll be able to create, you know, that that market that I need to create with different products. So I have different products that that are all based on the same thing. It's just, you know, uh, creating products for training that uh, simulate real game scenarios so yeah and i see some of that now so you're talking about that you've got some related products you first came out with the original pro fender that moves around it's basically mm -hmm. you've, you've got a pole attached to it and you can simulate some some play and i see that you've got a big man pad as well as a stationary pro fender that's a lot less uh, expensive what was the feedback that you got from the original pro fender to I guess, lead you to design the new products or was it just something you, you decided to do? Well, the, the new products were basically, uh, except for the stationary one, the stationary one was just, that was a reaction or a answer to competition that's after it. Now there's something that's called a D man, mm -hmm. right? Which is a, it's a mesh just like that. It's a stationary defender that's made out of mesh that's on a base and it's like 79 bucks or 69 bucks. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just one height. You could see through it, but what it is, it really is just a glorified, you know, cone or a, a dummy. And, but it's hard for people to understand. Again, it's, it's about educating and it's about being out there and being able to educate all these players. I mean, all these coaches and trainers or whatever that have, you know, a budget that can buy a D-man, but it doesn't have the budget, they don't think, to buy, uh, you know, uh, uh, an original pro fender. Sure. So that was just an answer to, listen, I'm going to sell one that's 100 bucks. If that's all you want is something stationary. I will sell one for 100 bucks that will be better than the D-man because at least mine will have the ability to adjust in height. Where that only goes to like six, I think it's like six, four, mine can go to seven foot and that one you can you can only see through it 
You know what I mean? Like if you could see through something, there. You know, I don't. That's know not how much, much of a training of a, aid, right? Yeah, it's not much of a distraction. You know, so I, I, like I wanted to cater to the to those to, to to those clients or those customers that really just want they just want something that they can afford. They don't they don't really understand the the uh, they're not looking for that soup that edge that top programs and top players and those things. Or, or, or in it for. So uh, that was just my answer to being able to have a an answer to the demands of the world. So do you see those same customers that might order a lower price product then graduating it up to the original ProFender? Um, Once they see the benefit to it? Like, are you basically yeah. indoctrinating people in, in your brand? That's, that's what I want to do, right? That's, to me, it's... It, the other plus about the stationary profunder is that they're able to upgrade it. Now, again, at that level, you have a lot of people who have giant egos, right? So you have trainers, you have uh, you have people who have facilities, AAU programs that love what they do, and they—I mean—they want their own brand. So, with with my stationary profunder, they're able to customize it put their jersey, their logo on it, mm-hmm. which the D-man's not able to do. Aye. So th- that will definitely help with branding. I'm not necessarily sure that AAU programs or, you know, the smaller kind of CYO and youth programs will get to the point where they will be bought into the ProFender, but it'll, but what it will do is give me more notoriety and more, uh, uh, being able to be seen in a lot more venues. And then, you know, and then they go onto the website and they look and they see the different ones. So if they're, so I'll get the people who, you know, just want the smaller one to, to, to satisfy their need to, uh, you know, to have a, 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 like a dummy or a stationary one. But I'll also get the people who are serious about getting that edge that, you know, they see something. And, and that's the thing about it. I mean, if I can get in front of somebody, if I can get in front of somebody and demonstrate, I mean, I am close to 100% sales. I'm close to 100%. If I get in front of somebody and get a chance to show them a 20, 15, 20-minute workout, they get it. They get it. It's it's pretty, it's close to being automatic. Yeah, it's just the, the first part, getting in front of them, that's the hardest. Mm-hmm. With just one person, that's the problem. I guess what would benefit you the most is just to get in front of as many people as possible, just to have that organic marketing effect where people mm-hmm. see something and they see, Hey, that's pretty cool. I haven't seen that before. And you've got it branded so then it can look you up and, and hopefully it kind of picks up that way. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. Both. Yeah. Man, that's, that's tough. So, uh, I don't want to switch gears too much, but now that I'm looking at some of your complimentary products, I think, some people would be interested to see how you went from one to three in terms of maybe the design and manufacturing. Do you have a factory here in the U.S. that you work with, or have you gone abroad for that? No, that's just me. Uh, I mean, the design of you're talking about the different products like the Pro Hand, the, the Big Man Pad. Yep. Yeah, that's just I, I have I have a cousin who is who also he's a uh, he's an engineer. So we, I have a CNC table, and 
we do the designs and, and, and we cut everything here. So those designs have been changed, upgraded, and, you know, and we, we continue to make, you know, different uh, revisions as, as time goes on. So when you say you do everything, you you mean literally everything? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean literally everything, dude. I'm not like when I say everything, I wasn't kidding, dude. I'm talking everything, dude. Everything. Well, that's yeah. really great because you know I bet if somebody has a question about anything, whether it's how to assemble it to you know something broke on it, you know exactly uh, you know how to fix it, or at least it gives you that feedback to say, hey, you know what? I'm getting a lot of these types of questions. Maybe we need to fix this on the next go. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it, too, is that it really is that, I mean, I haven't had a lot of of problems, but when I do, they're fixed. I mean, it, it's immediate, you know what I mean? And because the, the materials that we use, I know exactly how, I mean, I put those things through the ringer, you know, so right. I, I, I know where the weak points in, and if there were weak points, we address them and, and strengthen them. And, you know, and, and that's the other thing, too. I'm just proud to stand behind my product. You know, like when, when Tony Bennett from Virginia calls and lets me know, listen, Tony, this thing, I said, no problem. Dude. I'm, I'm sending, I'll send another one. Like we had, when we first started our push pole, you know, the one that would push it out and pull it back in, mm-hmm. we had a, it was a plastic, it was a hard plastic uh, connector that was on it. And it worked great. You know what I mean? It worked great. But what happened was when you started, when people started using it, you know, not necessarily the way, you know, we designed it to be used, but people use it that way, you know, they would snap. So, you know, I had a choice, you know, as, as, a, as an owner of a business, you can say, well, you're not using it right, or you're not that. Right. Like, that's not the answer. The answer is, let's get it fixed so that people are going to use it the wrong way they can, you know what I mean? So we went to the drawing board and we came up with, you know, there's a metal, now we have a metal clip and we had a, we had to do a little fix to the actual pole itself. So we can butt aluminum with aluminum instead of plastic to uh, aluminum. So now we have, you know, we we fixed all those, you know, right. And, you know, just a great feeling. man. when, when, when you're, when you're getting something, you know, if somebody has a complaint about it and you're there to fix it. That's a great, I mean, I love that part of it too. Yeah. And you're able to react really quickly too, especially because you have access to your CNC machine. So you make a change yeah. in a couple of days. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So far, it looks like everything's gone pretty smoothly. I guess many people don't talk about some of the stumbling blocks they had along the way. Maybe you can share some of the issues that maybe set you back. Did you ever like sit back on your couch and think, you know what? Is this the right direction for me? Oh yeah, you do it. <laughs> so you do it all the time. You do it all the time. Like right now, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm in the process right now. Like, you, like I'm a one man band. So you look at different avenues. How how can I be the most effective with the time that I have now? Am I most effective? You know, making these products and putting them out and shipping them because really I have two full time jobs. Like when I'm done teaching. I'll I'll go put another, you know, six to 10 hours in doing my thing. Right. You know, I mean, at the shop. But, but you know, I, I'm i sitting right now going into the summer. What's going to be the most effective where I'm still doing the original Profender 
but getting the most bang for my buck time-wise. And the, the thing about it is now it might be more beneficial for me to go into the training arm of my business where I'm going and doing training, not just for players, but also for coaches, mm-hmm. uh, trainers, uh, an evaluation tool for NBA teams. Like right now we have the draft. Now here's the hardest part. Like I have a great tool, an evaluation tool for NBA coaches and GMs is that before you go spend millions of dollars on a player to find out they can't shoot a jump shot over a closeout defender that's 6'9 or 6'10, before you go and spend millions of dollars like they did in Philadelphia when they picked up Evan Turner, who had a flat shot, Mm -hmm. you could see that just by by using the profender, in your in your evaluation process, when you bring these players in and work them out, you'll be able to see this kid can't shoot. This kid can't shoot off the dribble. This kid has a flat shot. Because what they do, if you ever watch an NBA, you know, pre-draft workout, they're shooting over air. They're not elevating. They're getting into a, a, a nice rhythm where they're banging shots. Right. But they're not game shots. They are just warm-up shots. That's all they do. And they're just looking at their stroke, and they're looking. And the problem with that is you're not you're not you're not getting a true picture of this this guy's ability to shoot. Where now, if I go in there and you give me the same drills, right, the same drills that they're doing, and incorporate the original profunder, you will be able to see if this number one, if he reads it correctly, right. You got a hard closeout, somebody that I can simulate seven foot. Mm-hmm. Closing out on you, right? So we're in Philadelphia. We're picking up Ben Simmons, who can't who can't shoot, but he's going to be a freak. That guy's going to be a freak. I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud player. And why not have something like this in your arsenal? Train your coaches to use it in the development. You know, in that all season training. Right. You know that, that you're able to so. Those are those are the types of things right now. When you say you, you sit back on your couch and think about is this the right direction? Here's another direction. Yeah, which direction is the right direction? <laughs> right, that's how you get for what you're doing now. Like if this again, if I wasn't teaching, I wasn't teaching, and I was able to you know do this full time, then I would be able to go about what my original idea was. Right, which is you know the production, get you know getting it out there, right? You know, getting the cost down, getting you know, get it into some box stores, and you know those types of things. But with my time and and, and the amount of time that's in a day, and this is still something that will will create my brand. It would give me the validation from top programs that this is something that works, that this is something that we use. So that way, when I'm ready to step on and do this full-time, it won't be as hard. All the groundwork will be laid. You know, as as you're talking, I was sitting here listening, like, how can you scale when you're one person? Because it's so difficult. And I've talked to a lot of owners that have the same problems, especially owners that are involved in production because they can't be uh, salesmen at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
it, you know, and the, and the other thought that I had too was it was interesting that you had this other flip on it where you're you're talking about pre-qualifying players before they get drafted. Um, there must be a huge, like you said, a huge monetary savings in doing that. And so it might be an even easier sell to sell it up front at that point than when you're when you're trying to go against regular training equipment where you're having to compete mm-hmm. against all this other gear that people know. Now you're talking about qualifying players, which is maybe a, a less competitive space for products. You know, people are in a different mindset. No, this is very interesting. I think uh, a lot of owners can take a page out of your book and say, where else can I apply this product that in, that's in a non-traditional sense, To especially when it comes to saving money? Because I think saving time and saving money are the two needs that everyone has. Yeah, and just to, and the idea, and that's the other thing, too. Like, when you talk about the evaluation process, I mean, you're talking multi-millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars. And they are picking, and, and that's the other thing, too. It's not an exact science. It's not an exact science. You know, Greg Oden, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he was picked before Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? That's one and two. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like as much information as you can get, the better off you're going to be. And the idea is to get in front and to get in, in front of the right people. And that's the other thing, too, is to go through, you know, it, it, is to try to find who are the right people in these organizations. That's a, that's a, tough, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, who makes the decision to go ahead and buy and who has the money to buy it is not the same person that actually wants to use it. Right, exactly. And that's just buying it. Now, I'm talking about just the evaluation process. How do you get to the the, the owner, to the guy who's spending his money? You know, how many layers of coaches and and GMs and managers and whoever else you got to get through, you know, to to get in that guy's ear, to let him know, say, listen... I could save you millions of dollars. I could save you millions of dollars. Right. I have to be introduced. <laughs> right. That's, you know, so. I wonder if you'll have good luck with attending some camps at maybe a smaller level where you can have access to other trainers that they can then sell the product for you, like affiliates, mm-hmm. where they have an incentive and maybe you give them a a wholesale price or something like that, but then they'll have an incentive to uh, go out and sell that to the teams that they work with. And so you'll have many sales team on the ground, so to speak, when you can't be there. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing. Like uh, what you're saying, that is mm-hmm. 100% my approach is what we're doing is I go out to different training facilities. So I'll go after my goal right now. Again, when it's one person, Something that's in a 150-mile radius of Philadelphia. Anywhere that there is a training facility that has basketball, specifically basketball, that's who I reach out to and I talk to say, listen, this is what I have. I will come out, do a free demonstration, and what I want to do is I want to connect with you, and this is something that you feel that you can use and make your players better, which I know the answer is yes, if if they know basketball. The answer is, it's like a loaded question. Right. Of course I want to get better. Of course I want something. Right. So once I get out there and show them, then I make them partners. So now I give them an extra way that they can make money 
on their building. You know what I mean? So they're always trying to, you know, they're always trying to generate revenue yeah, just for the building. You know what I mean? So I have a handful of them, and 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 that's the other thing too. It's like just next week alone, I have two more points: a place in Jersey and another one in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that I'll be going up to, you know, to to go, you know, do my spiel. Uh, and then actually this weekend, uh, there's a there's a thing. It's called Eyeball United. It's a it's a uh, it's a combine for overseas players, people who kind of went under the radar, small division one guy that they mm-hmm. get a lot of looks, you know, very good athletic division two or division three players mm-hmm. that really just don't get the notoriety. And they have, uh, they have a uh, GM from overseas. They got coaches from overseas and, you know, there's different parts of it. I, I do the, uh, the, the drill simulations. So they're actually going through drills using the Profender, and there's a chart that they chart them on using the Profender to give them, like I said before, it's like to give them more information. So they're reading it. So the first part of it that they'll do is it'll it, picture a shooting drill where they're sliding down into the corner, catching the ball, going into their shot, right? So now we're going to have that. So each part of that is going to be, is, is going to be qualified. So are they sliding? Are they low? Are they catching it cocked and ready to you mm-hmm. know, go into their shot? And now you have the profender read. Is it a hard closeout? Is it a closeout that they can still shoot over? Is it a closeout that they need to dribble, take one dribble, pull up? Mm-hmm. So now there's another. So now they're qualifying all these different things. And it's it's something that, you know, it, 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 it's great. You know, it's twofold. It's great for the eyeball, you know, for 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 them to to get more information. But it's great for me because it gives me, you know, it, it gives me more uh, credibility when you talk to numbers guys, people who love stats. And you know, look, this is this is what I this is what the Profender can do for your for your team. And you, right, and and it's something that you could you know you can you can quantify. And it's a consistent tool. It's basically you set it to a certain height, and now you can apply that to everybody that's qualifying. Yes. No, that's great. Well, you know, I really wish you all the best on your product. I think it's pretty amazing. I'm surprised that it hasn't sold more and that you're not sitting on the couch now enjoying uh, your favorite beverage. <laughs> yeah, you know what the funny thing about it, though? I know I say that a lot, the funny thing about it, I just put myself saying it, but it's that. I don't want to sit on the couch. I love to be up and doing stuff. That's the beauty of it. Like even when I retire, I'm not going to retire. This is this is what I'm holding on for. You know what I mean? Well, to get the right people involved. And when I retire from teaching, I want to have this set up so that way, boom, I got my business. Well, it certainly, yeah, it certainly comes through in your voice, Tony. Uh, do you have any parting uh, thoughts for would-be product owners and one-man operators? Do you have any advice to give them? Yeah. The, the one-man owners, it's very tough, right? You get so much, you know, you get stress from, you know, your wife. <laughs> sure. You get stress from, you know, the, the people who aren't like you, right? They're not doers. They're not go out and get it done type of people. They they are the people that rather just sit on the couch and watch TV and just have everything, you know. But the people who are true 
entrepreneurs, true, uh, you know, go-getters, that's not anything that they look forward to doing. So if you have something that you believe in, right, that you believe in, that you have seen that there is, you know, there is a need and there is, uh, you know, there, there, there is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You always stay with it. If you feel it's something that you, you know, that your, your heart's not in and you're, and you're giving up and you feel like it, it's a lost cause, then that's when you cut your losses and, and you move on to something else. But when you feel the way that I do and you're able to continue to pay your bills and, you know, you might not be making a ton of money, but it's still there and, and the passion's there, you got to go for it. You, you continue to go for it. And the only way that you do fail is when you quit. And, I mean, that's as simple as that. I think about that every time, you know, something negative happens. I can always quit. It's not in me. Wow. Well, that's really great advice. Appreciate your thoughts, Tony. Where can people get the ProFender or get more information about it? Just go to www.theoriginalprofender.com where you can Google Original ProFender. Great. And are you up for answering questions if people uh, suit you an email or something like that or need some help? Oh, absolutely. I need, listen, there's nothing better to me than giving back. I'm a teacher. So <laughs> the, 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 the only thing that's more important than another, like I said, I love quotes. I think this was a Jackie Robinson quote. quote. And, it, and it goes something like, I know I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, it, it goes something like, um, the, the only value that you have in life, the only value of our lives is the effect that you have on other lives. That's that's another one that I go by every day. The only importance of your life that you have is the effect you have on others. And I, I live that every day. So the answer to your question is anybody that has any questions, I'm open for emails, you know, you got some ideas that you want to run by me or whatever. I'm open. Well, you know, you certainly live up to that quote today, uh, speaking with us. Thank you for being super candid about your experience and for coming on the show. Um, it's really hard getting guests on the show, actually, because, as you know, as you said before we started the interview, uh, you guys get a lot of requests from the media and other places. And so I really appreciate your time. So thanks again for being uh, so candid and for helping everybody out. Tony. You got and that concludes today's episode. Thanks for listening. I put all the links that we've covered under the show notes posted on theproductstartup.com slash episode 11. Have you brought your own physical product to market or do you know someone that has? Let me know. Drop me a note by going to theproductstartup.com and clicking on Ask Philip. I'd love to have you on the show. So if you like this episode, you want to see others like it, or you want to see something that you haven't seen before, please leave me a review on iTunes by going to theproductstartup.com slash review. I really appreciate your support and I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the first firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product businesses. 
If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Mako Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.